25, 31 through 40, Jesus is speaking, and he says, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels were with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered in his presence. And he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, um, we are so grateful. We are so grateful for your faithfulness, as was mentioned in this last song. Um, your steadfastness, that you're the same God of Jacob that you are today. And as we continue, Lord, in this 21 days of prayer this week, what we want to pray about and what we really want to focus on, Lord, is having a heart for others to serve in your name because we are no more like you than when we are serving in your name. So I pray, Lord, that people that are here that may be nervous, that may be thinking about, well, what can I do in Christ's name? Volunteer. Become a volunteer here at Connect Church. Pray to your Lord and Savior for opportunities to serve others in his name. I pray, Lord, that there is unity in the church. This world is broken. It needs the church more than ever. I pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ to be unified in being your hands and feet, in, in deed and in word to those that need you. And finally, Lord, I pray for this message that Pastor Jay is about to bring to us. I pray that you would give him the right words, Lord, that if there's any here that does not know you as a personal savior, that today would be the day that you would take that step of faith and put your faith in Jesus Christ. We give all these things, all these praises, all these prayers to you, Lord, and we know that you will answer them. We love you, Lord. It's in your name. Amen. 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 Kevin, thank you. I'm Jay. I'm the lead pastor. If you're new with us, we're so glad to have you here. And we are in the middle of 21 days of prayer, as was mentioned, as we've been talking about. Um, and going through together as a church family, going through a, a devotional together and praying and having a, a, a prayer focus each week. And we're going to talk a little more about that as, as we're going through the day. And, and Kevin uh, was, was praying 
in, in that for our focus for the week, which has to do with having a heart for others. And so I hope that as you've been praying this week and striving toward walking worthy to help us have a heart for others right where they are. And as the series title talks about walk worthy, the freedom of discipleship, that there is freedom in growing in our faith. There's freedom in walking more with Jesus more and more every day than maybe we did the day before and and taking a next step. And the freedom that we find there is incredible because it's not worthy in terms of I have to be good enough as opposed to something to strive for. As, as a way to strive to be more like Jesus every day. And, and we find freedom in that, freedom from who we were, freedom from who maybe we are, and also freedom in who he is changing us into because as followers of Jesus, we should always be in a, in a season of transforming to be more like him. And we're all looking for what we're simply calling taking the next step. Because if you're not taking a next step, then you're not walking. If you're not taking a next step with Jesus, you're not walking. You're either standing still, you may be stumbling backwards. You're more than likely in isolation and feeling like, how can I do this on my own? Well, here's the deal, you can't. And we were never intended to. And so as we go through today, as we go through the series, I'm going to say, like I've, like I've said the last couple of weeks, this is, a, this is a statement that I want to continue to like just marinate in your, in your brain as we're going through this. This statement of, if, if I'm not taking a next step, then I'm not walking. I'm not walking with Jesus. And just another reminder that the enemy wants you to ignore me right now. The enemy wants you to ignore what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to you today. And what he's trying to say through the word, he doesn't want you to walk worthy of the calling that you have as a follower of Jesus and the calling that the Lord has on your life. In fact, the enemy wants you to just wait. He wants you to just wait. And we're great at at waiting, right? And we're really good at convincing ourselves to wait, especially if it's something that takes work or something that takes discipline to do. We're really good at going, I'll do that tomorrow, or I don't feel like it right now. And especially if it's something we're not sure of, maybe something we have to to take a step out in faith, we struggle. We struggle there. We'd rather wait. You know, if you hate waiting, I would highly recommend that you do not go to Cedar Point. (laughs) If you hate roller coasters, I would also highly recommend you don't go to Cedar Point. This is not the place for you. However, If you do like thrill ride coasters, like me and my family do, then definitely go. Just understand you will wait. You will definitely wait. Um, Personally, I can't wait to go wait because it's some of the, it's just some of the the most fun that we've had. And and the best coaster, which um, the correct answer for that is Steel Vengeance, um, period. You will wait an hour and a half on a good day to ride that coaster, but it's well worth the wait because the right thing to do is to get there, park toward the back, come in the back, and start there, right? Just so you know, little inside for you there. Um, Life hack. But we've talked about this as a family, actually. What if there was no wait? What if you could walk in to Cedar Point and there was no wait? You could just walk onto every ride. Right? You could just walk right on. You wouldn't have to deal with the people. That would be great, too. You can actually pay extra for 
what they, I think it's called a fast pass, something along those lines. A fast pass, fast lane that lets you kind of do that. There's a little bit of a wait, but you can kind of do that. But you know what? You're going to pay an arm and a leg. It's going to cost you a bit. You're going to have to sacrifice a bit to be able to do that. I want to take that idea and I want to re relate that to our faith here for a minute. What if there was no wait? You're like, what do you mean by that? What if you could step into the thrill of walking with the Lord and seeing him move in amazing and powerful ways and you were a part of that right now? What if there was a way to do that? What if we could find like the secret fast pass for doing that? I would argue that you can. And I would argue that the Bible's really clear about what that is. But it's gonna involve a little bit of sacrifice. And sometimes a lot of bit of sacrifice. Turn to Philippians chapter one if you have your Bibles or you wanna follow along in the Bible app. Free uh, Bible app, version Bible app. You can follow along. The notes are right in there. You can even save those notes if you want to take notes on your own and save those, refer to them later. Um, everything's right there in the Bible app, totally free. Um, so feel free to download that if you haven't. Um, but you know, as believers, we know that Jesus is coming back. And we also know that heaven is an amazing and incredible place that will be better than anything that we can imagine. Whatever you can imagine heaven is like right now times it by 10. And that, all of our problems, all of the troubles, all of the, the junk that we're going through right now, that that's all gonna be gone. That one day we're gonna be there and all that's gonna be gone and I cannot wait for that future that is promised to us. I don't know about you, but I can't wait for that. So that being said, who cares what I do now, right? Because this life is just a blip in, in the scale of, of eternity. It's just a blip. So who cares what I do right now? Like, let's just get this over with and let's get there, right? My future's so bright. Should that be the attitude that we have while we're here? You know, sometimes it's hard to keep our minds set on the here and now when we're thinking about our pending future. We're thinking about what is to come, but we also need to be confident that the here and now is important because it is. I want you to look at Paul's perspective here. In Philippians 1, we're going to be starting in verse 21. He says this. This could be the whole message today, quite frankly, this one, this one verse. For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Amen. Now, if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me. And I don't know which one I should choose. What? This is sounding a little weird for him. I'm torn between the two. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Since I'm persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in, in the faith, so that because of my coming to you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus may abound. Now, dude's writing this from prison, not totally sure that he's going to get out because every time he gets thrown in prison, they're trying to kill him. In fact, he's just always, people are just always trying to kill him to be, to be quite honest all the time. And so he's in prison, but he's confident that God is intending him to be fruitful, meaning his life is going to produce good things. But there was no doubt in Paul's mind that that was God's plan for him. Like while I'm on earth and while I'm walking here on earth, I am going to be fruitful for the kingdom of God because that is God's calling on my life. 
and that if Paul lived, he would have a productive life. But it's strong to say there was a big part of Paul, as you're reading here, that kind of was just wanting to die. He was like, yeah. Now, not in like a suicidal kind of way, but in a real like practical sense because of the knowledge that he had of the kingdom of God and also what he had been through, right? He knew that he would be done with sin. He knew he would be done with temptation. He would be done with trouble. He would be done with torture. All of those things. He knew that he would see those who had gone before him, including some of those that he sent to go home before him. He knew that, but most of all, he knew he would be with Jesus. He knew he would be with Jesus in in a much closer and better way than he'd ever been. And so he wasn't struggling in an unhealthy way mentally. Comes off that way maybe a little bit. But really, he just had an eternal focus. And he's just being honest about where he's at. He had an eternal focus. And that true understanding of what was to come really gave him this focus. And it's the exact same focus, though. Hear this. This exact same eternal focus is what drove him to serve the Lord with the most intense work ethic you have ever seen. Because he had it. It's the exact same focus. Paul understood that others needed him. He understood that he was put on this earth to be used and fruitful and productive for the kingdom of God. And that his work was not yet done. God had not released him from his work yet. He, he just knew that. And so while allowing for the possibility of him being martyred, which did eventually happen, he told the Philippians in this moment that he expects to be spared at this time. Others need you. Look at me. Others need you. We need you. The church needs you. God chooses to reach and serve the world through you and through me. That is the church. That is what we are organized for. This is why, why Jesus formed and created the church, to connect people to him. Look at this quote from Warren Wearsby. I love this. He says, The believer's body is to be a telescope that brings Jesus close to people. To the average person, Christ is a misty figure in history who lived centuries ago. But as the unsaved watch the believer go through a crisis, they can see Jesus magnified and brought so much closer. This is what happened with Paul over and over and over again. He went through crisis after crisis after crisis, and people watched. People watched. Churches that he planted watched. Watched how he handled it. And the kingdom of God grew and exponentially grew. And so Paul's saying that until the Lord brings me home, which would be much better to be there than here, but until he does, I've got work to do. I've got work to do. Paul is struggling between resting in his pending death so that he can be with Jesus or fighting for another chance to labor with the body of Christ and to see fellow believers grow in their walk with Jesus because that's what he was passionate about, seeing other people take the next step and grow in their walk more and more because he knew that that would expand the kingdom and it would infect other people for the kingdom of God. And that should be our heart as well. Paul's pointing the Philippian believers and he's pointing us toward eternity 
Absolutely. With Christ and his glory as the most important focus that we should have. The glory of God is actually the number one focus that we should have in life and in death. And so he's saying, as long as I'm living, I'm going to glorify God. And if in my death I glorify God, then let's do that too. But that's not in an unhealthy way. That is in exactly the way that Jesus intended. And so if that is the case, and it is, then what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Here's the problem. Our confidence in what we can see and what we can hold in our hand and what we, we know that we can do really well gets in our way. I'm not good at that. I don't know how to do that. I really shouldn't step in there. And when we get an opportunity to serve Jesus and to share Jesus with someone, to serve others in Jesus' name, the enemy is going to put all kinds of reasons in front of us that we should wait, and you're going to put reasons in front of you that you should wait as well. We give Satan too much credit. We get in our own way. I would argue more, right? We will do that to ourselves. I can't today. I've got this going on. I just... I, I can't step in right now. I got this. I have, I have a meeting in like 15 minutes. This, this can't happen right now. Or, you know what? I just need a me day. So I can't step in. I just need a day for myself. Which, by the way, that attitude is found nowhere in Scripture. In fact, you find the opposite. That's next Sunday. <laughs> Do you know what? Sometimes these are good reasons. Sometimes they're good reasons. Most of the time... They're good excuses, and we know the difference. But do we really know the difference? Are we going to admit to ourselves the difference? And see, no matter what other people might suggest to you on this side of heaven, eternity with Jesus cannot be matched by anything we enjoy on this side of eternity. So why would we not want to share that with other people while we're still here and have the opportunity? The greatest news ever we have, and we share it whenever we get around to it, whenever it's convenient for us. And there are so many different ways that we can share it. So what are we waiting for? Let's keep going. Verse 27 says, just one thing. As citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or am absent, I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel. That's what we've been trying to do here over 21 days. Again, more on that part next week. But not being frightened in any way by your opponents, because what's the worst they could do? Kill you, right? This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your salvation. And this is from God, for it has been granted to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you're engaged in the same struggle that you saw I had and now hear that I have. See, our lives are meant to be a living object lesson for the world that is watching. That's what 27 through 30 are talking about there. See, it's not going to be easy. It's not easy. It's going to take sacrifice, and sometimes it's going to be really, really inconvenient. But it's worth it 
It's going to be worth it. Ask anybody that went to Guatemala or Memphis if it was worth it. Before you get the question out of your mouth, they're going to tell you yes. 100%, it was worth the extra money. It was worth the extra time. It was worth the lack of sleep and all of the things in between. Absolutely, it was worth it. Living your life worthy of the gospel of Christ is the only thing this side of eternity that you can take to the other side of eternity. Let me say that again. Living your life for the gospel of Christ is the only thing on this side of eternity that you can take to this side of eternity. Think about that. We could talk all day about all of that, but you know what? You know what scares Satan the most? Like, hear this. Sorry, I'm fired up about this today. The church mobilizing into action and unity for the sake of the gospel scares him. Scares him a lot, which is why he tries to separate and divide and to get into the areas that you don't even think he's going to get into, but he does. He doesn't go after the places that you think he will. He goes after the places that you never thought he would, which most of the time is relationship. And a lot of times that's either relationship with others within the body of Christ or relationship between you and Jesus, which is why he doesn't want you to hear what we're talking about today. He'd rather us just keep talking. He'd rather us just keep talking amongst ourselves. He wants nothing more than to keep you and me from walking worthy. And he wants this whole thing today to just be all talk. He'd rather us just keep talking amongst ourselves and then convincing ourselves later that we should just wait until next time. Now, should we talk and should we plan? Absolutely, we should talk and plan. No doubt about it. A whole lot of talking and planning went into literally what's happening right now. This whole service this morning, a lot of talking and planning happened to make this happen. And that's great and awesome. But you know what? Your words are important but it's your actions that prove your words true. It's your, it's your actions that prove your words true. Paul wanted believers to understand that their lives, your life and mine, that is the conversation that most people are listening to when it comes to Jesus. Your life. Not even so much your words, but how you live your life. Think about that. Your life speaks much louder than your voice does, than your words do. And that feels like a lot of pressure. I get it. It does. But you know what? Instead of pressure, can I just ask you to let it fuel you? Instead of letting it be pressure that keeps you down, let it fuel you. Let it fuel you to step in to what Jesus wants to do in your life. Let it fuel your pursuit of your walk to walk worthy with Jesus every single day. Listen, one of the most important weapons that we have against the enemy is not a sermon, is not a worship song, is not an awesome Christian book. You know what it is? It's the consistent life of a believer. The consistent life of a believer is one of the most important weapons that we have against the enemy. Submission to God's will always points back to his ultimate glory every single time. And we want to bring that to him. No matter what path we have to take, we want to bring him the ultimate glory no matter what. Because as I said, that's the only thing that we can take from this side of eternity to the other side. And the best way we can make sense of the time that we have between now and forever is to use this time in service to others. Why? I'll tell you why. Because you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving. You're never more like Jesus than when you're serving others. 
And there's nothing wrong with having a heart that longs for eternity in Jesus. Absolutely. We absolutely should. But that cannot be our only focus. It can't be our only focus. Getting people there with us needs to be a part of that as well. Equally as important. Speaking of focus, we've, we've been focusing on prayer and, and studying God's word, the two main spiritual disciplines. For We're in the middle of 21 days. And we've had two weeks of that. And by the way, if you haven't jumped in with us yet, yeah, there's only like seven days of this left, but that's okay. You can jump into these last seven days with us, which would be awesome. Or if you want to go back and like do the other, you know, 13, 14 days, sweet. You can pick up a, a, a printed copy of the Orange Wall. You can download it on the website. You can follow along on the Bible app. It's actually a Bible plan on, uh, on the Bible app um, that, that's really great. But I added something to it, which was a church prayer focus for each week, and I started talking about it at the beginning. And here's the first two weeks that we've looked at. Jesus, help me to take a next step in my walk with you. That was week one, as we should all be doing. Week two, which is this past week, Jesus, help me to take a next step in my walk by having a heart for others. And we talked about that a lot last week. Um, and so stepping into have, being more consistently loving other people. And you know what? If, if that's where we're praying and going toward is to more consistently having a heart for others than serving, of course, is the next step in that. And so week three, our church-wide prayer focus for this week is Jesus, help me to take a next step in my walk by serving you. Help me to take a next step in my walk by serving you. And that looks a hundred different ways, if not more. And so if we're asking to take the next step to serve the Lord because we have a heart for others, our goal is to be more like Jesus. And as we've said, you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving. So of course we need to step into that. Listen, we have an unbelievable, unbelievable core of volunteers here at Connect Church. We're so blessed. We call them the dream team. Many of you are a part of the dream team as I look around the room. Um, the, the people that were on stage this morning, the people that welcome you at the door, kids ministry, youth, uh, all the way around, at the cafe, all kinds of different areas. Truly, I can honestly say this. This isn't an overstatement. This church cannot function without them. We can, this cannot happen without our volunteers. Those running the live stream, doing sound, people in the back, all of that. We cannot function without them. Absolutely. We can't function without them, without you. But that core, that needs to keep growing. That core needs to keep growing. If we're going to take the next step as a church, that core needs to keep growing. Listen, we have a vision, we have a dream to continue to reach our community for Jesus. And let's just get practical for a second. The dream to add a third service, to add a third service as we continue to grow. but we need more people to make that happen. Not so that we can say that we have more people in the room. That's not the reason for the third service. A third service is because it means that we're reaching more people in our community. It means we're, more people are connecting to Jesus. More people are growing in their faith and walking worthy with him and we're accomplishing the mission of growing the kingdom of God because that is the mission. And so the more services we have, 
the more opportunities people have to come and find Jesus and connect to him. And I would love to see that happen in the next year or so. And I know you would too. Amen? That would be an awesome thing. But let me just give you some realities of it for a second. Right now, it can't. It can't right now. And it won't until we grow our dream team. That's just the truth of it. We simply do not have a big enough volunteer base to make it happen right now. But we will. We will. We need more people to helping kids, kids specifically, and worship team as well. If I have to pick two areas, it would be those two, the most. But we need more in tech, again, more on the worship team. Here's the deal though, church, I'm just being super transparent with you. Those logistics are a reality. If we're gonna take the next step and having a third service, we don't have the volunteer base to make it happen right now. So where's the Lord asking you maybe to step in to help us get there? Where, where's God maybe asking you to step in to help that happen? And let me add another piece to this challenge as well because we have a, this prayer challenge absolutely for all of us to pray. And this looks way different for every single person. Please understand that. Even if, if you can't serve in any of those two places that, that I said, I, I, it's okay because there are so many other places and opportunities to serve. And I care more about your spiritual growth than, a whole, than, than to be, for us to be up to five or six services just to say we have five or six services. That's not the point. The point is to grow us spiritually and all of the rest will take care of itself. But let me add another piece to this, to this prayer challenge that we have, and that is fasting. If prayer connects us to God, fasting disconnects us from the world. It disconnects us from the world. This was day three of our 21 days, if, you, if you've been following along. Fasting is letting go of something for a period of time, but it's not really about giving something up as much as it is about replacing that something with the presence of God. That's really what it is. The enemy is going to try and replace that thing with something else, with something other than God. So in those moments, we pray and we enact the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And so the church-wide fasting challenge is this. Pray and fast one day this week. Fast one time this week. Pray about the prayer focus this week, and not, not one total day. Uh, let me rephrase a little bit. To pray one time this coming week. To pray one time this coming week and pray about the prayer focus because it's about connecting to God as we disconnect from the world. That's really what it's about. It's about connecting to God as we disconnect from the world. Can we go to the next slide, please? Um, fasting is by no means co commanded in Scripture but it is something that Jesus says we should do and that really enacts the power of prayer because in a world where the ultimate goal is self-satisfaction, this is something that really goes against that, doesn't it? So the discipline of fasting as a group, for all of us as a group, this combined experience helps us all to stay on track a whole lot easier because we know that as a church, we're all fasting at some point one time this week. And so it's not something to brag about. It's not something to publicize or to post on social media. In fact, the Bible's really clear that if we do that, that God's not going to honor that. This is a private, intimate time with God. And nobody needs to know what you're doing. But I promise you, I promise you, this will revolutionize your walk with Jesus. And so it, it might be a whole day, but maybe it's a meal. Maybe it's fasting from something. Maybe it's from social media. Maybe it's from coffee. I don't know. 
whatever that might be. <laughs> Clearly that needs to be yours, Bobby. I don't know what that might be. Maybe it's fasting from yourself for a day. Maybe, maybe God's asking you to do more than that. Maybe it's further. Maybe it's more than just one day. And I don't, I don't care which day it is, but for us to, to put ourselves aside and we ask the Lord where we need to step into serving during that time, during that prayer time. Now, be wise about this. Let's not do something unhealthy. If you're in a place where you're like, this probably isn't wise for my health, don't do it. I don't want to come visit you in the hospital because, you know, I just didn't eat all week. It's not what Jay said. <laughs> if God doesn't say it, don't do it, all right? So the idea is not to necessarily do without something, but as much as it is to replace that something with Jesus so that our focus is directed toward relying on him instead of relying on that thing. And so if, if we concern ourselves with the things that God is already going to handle, then how much faith do we really have? The Bible and history are full of examples, full of examples in history of where fasting and praying turned the tide. And I believe many of us who participated in something along these lines last year, you saw God do awesome things and has continued to do awesome things. And so let's continue to ask God to do awesome things through his church. And so just pick one time this week that you can do that. Even if it's just one meal and you skip that meal and you pray and you ask God to show you where you should step in to serving and how that can look like. Because if you're not serving, let me just tell you this, in some ways, I'm telling you, if, you're not if you haven't stepped into serving, this is the missing piece of your walk with Jesus. Serving is the missing piece of you. If you're feeling like, man, I just... I haven't felt like I've really been able to step into what, to what God's asking me to do, and I feel like maybe there's some disconnect with God. It may be because you're not serving. It might be the last piece in your worship to him and in your walk with him. And so if we're gonna strive to walk worthy of the calling and we're gonna experience the freedom of discipleship because it really is, then serving must be a part of your walk. It must be. So here's my connection point for all of us. Don't wait. Serve him now. Serve him now. When it comes to glorifying God and serving him faithfully, listen, all we are given is today. You're not promised your next breath, let alone your next week. All we're given is this present moment, and so are we gonna be faithful? right now with what God's asking us to do? Listen, heaven is gonna be awesome. Heaven is gonna be awesome. I can't wait. But you know what? We're not there yet. We are not there yet, and we have a lot of people. We have a lot of people in our community. We have a lot of people within five minutes of this building that need to hear the good news of Jesus. There are a lot of people in your life and mine that we need to share the good news of Jesus with so that the streets of gold are so filled with people that we can't even see the streets. Church, we have work to do. God has been incredibly faithful and we've seen him do amazing things the last four years and 11 months since we've been Connect Church. 
but I believe he's just getting started. And I think we are just getting started because it's gonna take all of us. It's gonna take all of us. And Jesus wants to use every single one of us. He didn't save you and he didn't save me to just sit and soak. We are not called to be passive spectators. We are called instead to be active participants in the kingdom of God on earth so that it grows in heaven. Will you bow your heads with me? Jesus came to serve. And for us to really find life in him and to find meaning and purpose in him means serving him. So what does that look like for you? What does that look like for you? Where, where maybe do you need to step in? I don't want you to make a decision right now. I want you to pray about it this week. Maybe the Lord's been putting something on your heart for a while and, and you do need to step into that now. That's, that's fine. But I would encourage all of us to pray about it this week. Find that one time this week that you can fast and you can pray specifically about where and how you need to serve. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, listen, heaven is gonna be awesome and we don't wanna go there without you. I believe you're here for a reason. Here, right now, whether you're in person, whether you're watching online, I believe you're here for a reason. To hear about how the church is supposed to be serving and loving people and sharing the best news ever. So I want to do that right now. Because God wants you to be with him in heaven, just like all of us do, that are already living in that promise. And there's no good enough. You can't be good enough to get there. It's what Jesus did. He came and he lived a perfect life. He sacrificed himself and he rose again on the third day for you so that you could be with him in heaven. So you can know and experience that promise and then turn around and live it out as well. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would continue to move through this place. I'm so grateful that you call us to serve, that you call us to be your hands and feet. You call us to be your voice through our life. Help us to, to do our best to rely on you, to walk worthy of the calling that you have on our life so that the consistent life of a believer, which is what we're called to be, will make a difference in those around us. I pray that this week as, as we're seeking you and seeking your heart and what you would have for each and every one of us to do, I pray that we would take this challenge seriously, that we would, ta we would take this prayer focus seriously to be able to, to go to you and ask you what you would have for us and to show us that, to show it to us real clear. Father, if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that they would. Lord, as we've got a baptism service next week, how amazing would it be for someone to, to come to know you as Savior today and to get baptized next week? What an incredible thing that might be. So Holy Spirit, continue to move through this place, we pray. Help us to go out and be the church this week. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.